0: Welcome back to Be My Beard. On this week's episode, Ricardo goes on a woke deep dive into the complexity of the decennial gathering of living American statistics, Guinea parenting, and culture. Izzy ponders drunken government employees whilst Klaus dunks on a formal presidential candidate and tiredly confuses gender and orientation, but only for a moment. This episode is really good. So good that you should overlook any audible glitches in the latter half of the episode. Let's dig in.
1: Hi, greet yourself. Tell us who you are. Hello, everybody.
2: My name is Ricardo Sainz-Ayon. My pronouns are the He Series. Beautiful. Uh, Thanks for letting me be on this podcast.
1: Thanks for asking to be
2: on this podcast. I know I did ask. (laughs) You were the first person who,
1: like, actually asked to be on the podcast instead of me being like, hey, (laughs) come on.
2: And yet I'm the sixth person on the episode, so...
1: Yeah, I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) We have a schedule. All right, Ricky is going to talk to us today a little bit about the census that he was involved in for California, right?
2: That I'm currently involved in. Currently involved in. Because it's 2020 every 10 years. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: we're going to talk about the census. We're also going to talk about Latinx and then intersectionality in Latino Dems. Yeah. All right. So let's just dive on in. like tell us about your involvement in the census.
2: Yeah. So I have the privilege of working for the state senate and I'm doing a lot of communications for the 2020 census. So the the census is every 10 years. It just so happens that it's 2020. So it has to happen. And um, I'm handling anything from like mailers to like website management to just anything you could think of social media posts and whatnot so it trying to make senses. something it makes senses that's the hashtag i came up with hashtag it makes senses um so it's just trying to find like cool ways to make a subject that's very dry and boring very like um i don't know what the word i'm looking for but it's just making it fun quirky you know um and so i think a lot of people think the senses is not important but if you really start digging into, like, what it means. So, first of all, it's the sixth sentence in our nation's constitution. So, like, our founding fathers, when they were, like, sitting there uh, being racist um, and having (laughs) slaves, on top of that, they were like, oh, wait, we should count people every 10 years, right? And that was the sixth sentence on the constitution. So, it's pretty important, you know, looking forward now into 2020, it allocates over a billion dollars in funds from anything from, like, children's services to, like, aids research to like section eight housing to like anything you could kind of think of the census has its fingers on and i think the most important part is representation in congress so it in any level basically it does a lot of um redistricting so how senate districts assembly districts are shaped so basically like it denotes how you get represented in all levels so it's super important so that's a little bit of what i do right now that's my biggest project um and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very important. I think that a lot of people should know more about it and also know about its history. I think a lot of people within census are right now is are what we call hard to count communities. And it just so happens they are like LGBTQ. They're like brown folks, poor folks. It's mainly like white people that aren't considered hard to count. And it's still in rural areas um, as well. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of history there as well. That was a long Just like No, that's
1: perfect. And just like a fun little like census like story. My grandpa's like super into like our genealogy. And so he was like diving through records and there was like an actual disclaimer on like one of the record documents he was reading that said like information might be inaccurate due to the drunkenness of the census takers. Like, on a legal U.S. document, it said this. And, like, so whenever I think of the census, I think of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, just, like, drunk people like, knocking FYI. on doors being like, hey, what's your name?
2: <laughs> like, FYI, they're real <laughs>
1: <laughs> This was also, like, forever ago, but I'm just, like, that's always what I think of is, like, my grandpa, like, looking up, like, our, like, relatives and being like, oh, who knows if this who information knows? is correct. Exactly. So, the other thing I definitely want to touch on is because the other thing I think of when I think of the census is just, like, the racism involved. Like, you're of talking course. about, with like, the hard-to-count communities. And I think the biggest, like, thing that I feel like comes up a lot with the census is, like, the citizenship questions. Yeah. Because there are people who are obviously, like, scared to answer those types of questions. Of and course. then, obviously, the, like, white-slash-Hispanic question. Of course. Which confuses everybody. Of course. Because, <laughs> like example like my husband is mexican like his family's from mexico everything but when spain conquered there were spaniards who like raped his female relatives and so like he does have spanish blood so like it's hard to be like to let go of like that like racial trauma and to be like okay like we're technically spanish but not in any way that we chose to be yeah so i guess like do you have anything to like touch on with that especially like being from california which is like you know yeah. has such a huge latino population yeah
2: no definitely so one thing to just state is that the census the 2020 census survey will not include a citizenship question Good. so that's very important for my undocumented folks out there that it's not going to be a question nobody should be asking you about your status about anybody's status that should not be a topic of discussion whatsoever your information is not shared with ICE. um i think your information is safeguarded up until like 72 years and then after that they needed to like deposit it into like the national archives for historical purposes. So that's about it. Um, and that's 72 years. Like I don't even think I'm going to be alive Mm -hmm. by then. Um, hopefully not. Um, but (laughs) yeah, no, but I mean, you know, there's racial, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of baggage behind that. Right. But I do think that the person in charge which happens to be Trump unfortunately sets the tone for that. So you know, he wanted to have people be feared and like say, oh, there might be a question. And he tried to include it, but the courts kind of said, no, that's not something you could do, right? But the trauma and the fear is already there, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are still scared to take it. People have, you know, vowed not to take it, but I I feel like that's just the way for the administration to kind of be like, yeah, you should not be counted because I think the sense is I see it as like a civil rights thing. Like you need to be counted so you could be represented, so your community could get the funds, because if your community doesn't get the funds it needs, it goes to another community that may not need it, but still going to take it, right? And so, sure. but I mean, we've have come a long way. So for the first time, the census survey will ask people if they are a, um, I forget what the actual question is, but if they are like in a domestic partnership with somebody of the same sex. And I, I forget what exactly the question says, but you're able to kind of denote that. I think it's sad that Being in 2020, they don't ask you what your gender is. It's just a male, female, and that's it. There's no like other, there's nothing like that. Hopefully in 10 years, we're able to kind of progress that and become a little bit more woke and ask people those questions. So you kind of like, because I think the other important part of the sense is understanding the trends and patterns of the US society. Like who, what are these people that you have? Like millions of people, like how do they identify? How do they live, right? Um, understanding these patterns, I think, are important to allocate funding as well for, like, LGBTQ services, for, like, AIDS research, etc. So not to say that it's super, like, progressive, because there's a lot of things that could do, but it has come a long way if you really look back into it. And I think the racist background that you've taught me, I didn't even know that about the census. <laughs> like, whoa. But it makes sense, though, right? I mean, our nation was founded on slavery, and it makes <laughs> sense, but... It's it's been found a lot of these things, so it makes sense that, like, people have not been counted before, and I think we're in a a very privileged state where we've allocated $180 million for the census, the most any state has ever done in, like, history ever. Just for reference, like, Texas is allocating zero for the census, so it kind of shows you, like, how much states care about it, right?
1: Well, isn't also, like, oh, what is it called gerrymandering what is that called it's like essentially where like people like politicians use the census to like decide like where their like ba- boundaries are yeah, gonna be gerrymandering right is
2: the word for it yeah. okay i was like redistricting so, is the technical term though, okay where they like redistrict how districts go and that's so you see some districts that like point out all the way to like the east and then come back just to get those like communities of brown people or mm-hmm. like the communities of like conservative white people that like will make that district now purple or red mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's why it's super important as well. Um, I think you also touched about the the racial, something about like when you were teaching me about the census being super racist. Do you want me to but, circle back to that? Yeah, why not?
1: Let me pull up my notes.
2: Why not?
1: <laughs> All right. So, um, so I was looking into like a lot of stuff this morning, like really like getting into this with my little nerd heart. But the other like thing that came up a lot in like what I was reading about is that the confusion of like, because they're for i don't know if it's still in there this time but i know like in the past there was the question like of are you white and then oh, yeah. also are you hispanic there was like a race and an ethnicity question yeah. and so people were answering that they were white and hispanic and so because of that in like the 2010 census there was this huge boom of like the majority of people were marking that they were hispanic yeah. because and also white yeah and so anytime that you mark that you're like non-white as they phrase it you're just automatically non-white they mm-hmm. use like the one drop rule yeah and so there were like releasing numbers that like the majority of babies born in like 2016 were non-white but they're but 50 percent of these babies their mothers are white mm-hmm. so most of these people are like not necessarily like one or the other and like in america like none of us are really truly like one thing i feel like we're yeah. all very mixed yeah. in a lot of different ways because like I'm like Portuguese and I remember like having to like talk to my parents and be like what does that mean like when yeah. I have to fill out this stupid shit at school and just be like no you're just white like yeah no it's not even like get into all that Yeah, and so like but that miss like classification and like it like erases people's identities too because you're like having to decide like am I white or am I Hispanic yeah. when in a lot of ways in America like those are like two very it's complex things yeah. and then going into the 2016 election There was, so all this data is coming out about how white people are no longer the majority Mm -hmm. due to the last census. Shocked. Shocked. And white people are like shook. Like the idea of being a minority for white people is like not good. Mm -hmm. And so... Trump was able to, like, play on that fear and he was able to, like, so how white people respond is they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be, like, hella racist (laughs) and hella biased because, like, I can't, like, fathom the idea of not living in a white supremacist society. Yeah. And so that's part of, like, at least from what I was reading today, that that led into a lot of Trump being reelected. He leveraged that fear he was able to talk about things like the travel bland, bleh, the travel ban from muslim countries building a wall and then like restricting immigration from african countries mm-hmm. and then increasing it from white countries like norway to yeah. like quote unquote fix the fact that white people are going to be the minority yeah and so yeah.
2: <laughs> that, no, there's a lot there. There's and, so and much and there so, to unpack. So I don't I, know where you want to start, and I, and I like, think being the more issue involved issue is with that, the like, you know, they do just kind of try to fit you in a, in a checkbox, check basically. So it's like, what is your race? Pick one of these. What is your ethnicity? Pick one of these. And I feel like we do live, like, in a giant pool of, like, mixtures. Like, you know, I'm Mexican, but I'm technically, like, indigenous, mixed with, like, Spanish, mixed with, like, whatever, right? So how do I m- show up my genealogy through that as well, right? So I think that's uh, that's a great question. I think... This census, I, I I think they there's still a check mark where you could put. I think pretty sure where you could put others. so You could write something in, or just if I'm not mistaken, it says others. So you just put other, but you're not able to either write something or you are. I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even for Latinos, that's hard because I think growing up, I was like, am I Hispanic? What is Hispanic? Because like I'm not. I'm technically spanish but i'm not spanish really like my I'm husband Mexican, like his know? family is
1: so like they will not be called hispanic because yeah. they're like we are not of spanish descent like they feel very like passionate about that and like yeah. i get it like you know because of like the conquests of mexico like there's so much like trauma cultural there. trauma yeah. yeah and so they don't want to say like they don't they're not proud of being spanish they of like that was like a huge trauma for their families yeah. and for their like communities yeah and so it's very hard to be called hispanic like they don't yeah. want to identify as hispanic yeah. and so for them to have to answer on a thing like am yeah. i white or hispanic like what would that
2: mean exactly and i think just the term hispanic i forget ex- i learned this in my latin american latino studies courses but this was like 4 years ago but that term in itself had a lot of issues because it was just a way for I forget who it was um, that created that term. I think I want to say it was Clinton, but I could be wrong. People that are fact-checking me, I'm sorry. But (laughs) uh, it was basically a way to kind of be like, how do we fit Latin American people into one word? Oh, Hispanics. But then it's like...
1: It literally means Spanish-speaking country, like like, from a Spanish-speaking country. Which is
2: like not true because even in Latin America, like people speak indigenous. People Mm -hmm. are not just Spanish. They're like Afro-Latinos. They're freaking indigenous, right? So I feel like that comes with a lot of baggage. So me personally, when I come to that question, I don't even pick Hispanic. Uh, if there's like a Mexican portion that I could pick, I, I pick that, right? Or I just, I mean, sometimes I do pick Hispanic, but it, it kind of like leaves like a bitter taste in my mouth because mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not really how I am, right? Like I am from a Spanish-speaking country, but I'm not, I don't consider myself Hispanic, right? Yeah. I'm like Mexican, so
1: which are like very different things yeah
2: of course and that's why i feel like it's important for people to do fill out their senses and be counted so when the next you know 10 years pass they're like wait a minute there's a lot more people that identified this way maybe we should add like a different like boxes of ethnicities or races or etc as well totally. um so fill out your senses y'all <laughs>
1: The moral of the story. So
2: postcards drop March 12th, which is next week. And you're able to be invited online to just fill out your senses. It's like nine questions. And it takes less than like 15, 20 minutes to fill it out. Um, it's just FYI. <laughs>
1: All right. So... While we're talking about Hispanic, let's slide into the term, like, Latino and Latinx and all that.
2: Let's slide. Let's slide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get right in there. So... I Googled it and the like <laughs> Google ge- definition like Any millennial of duh of Latinx is gender neutral neologism, which I don't even know what the fuck that Ooh. means. Sometimes used instead of Latino or Latina to refer to people of Latin American culture mm-hmm. or ethnic identity in the US. Yeah. So the messy part that I think we come up with that from like the reading I did is that it's important for us to find words for people who are non-binary. Of course. The other flip side of that is like we were talking about with like colonialism and like the Spanish coming in and like erasing cultures yeah. in like these Latin American countries and that indigenous speakers there had terms before like Spanish yeah. became the predominant language. Yeah.
2: So Thoughts, I feel questions, like... questions,
1: concerns? <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Uh, I think for me, that's a good way to... Uh, lack of a better it's just like conceptualize what latinx for me means because i I do feel like growing up as a latino words like a table like has a, a, a sex and you don't even know it it just becomes a pseudo thing where you're like yeah of course male female black white that's how it is but as you start like obviously growing like whatever you start seeing like it's not always like that right and so for me personally like latinx is a way to kind of like conceptualize latinos but like not make it obviously gendered, but I even try to push it a bit further and like say that it encapsulates everything that like, you like, so for example, I'm part of a Latinx Young Dems Oregon. They're like, what does that mean, right? And I feel like for me, Latinx, the X part is very important because it, there's no sex to it. There's no Latina, Latino. It's just like X, it's whatever you want it to be. So it could be like, whether you're LGBTQ, whether you're non-binary, whether you're like, you know, whatever it is that you are, this is still like a place for you right like Mm. for us like this is still an org for you right you could still identify as being latino but not have those ramifications of like well you're a sexist you're a machista you're a male you have these type of like inhibitions that you've kind of been grown up with i guess for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. but i i guess so for me it's like i joined this latinx young dems org because i tried to join local so young dems are like um they're like local democratic parties but they're like (laughs) <laughs> literally for what it is like people? younger people <laughs> technically the cutoff is 35 but it gets people like me engaged into the process and like us and like understand things but try to put it into like a fun lens mm-hmm. for lack of a better word so like make it less dry more of like let's play like a uh, mexican bingo which is called loteria but like learn about candidates while we're still having fun right so doing things like that for me uh i try to join young them in the area and i just saw that There wasn't a lot of representation of my own people, but on top of that, like, they weren't, and I think because of that, there wasn't a reflection of, like, the type of candidates we were supporting or the policies we were supporting, and for me, I was like, that's a big no. Like, I want to be involved with something that's pushing the pendulum more, not okay with, like, the status quo, right? So, for me, I was like, Latinx is good because it's, it felt like a home. I feel like everybody there was there because of that.
1: How did you find that group? Like, how did you, like...
2: I looked over Facebook. You just Facebook? You just like I Facebook, it? and honestly, I just like showed up to one of the meetings, and I'm like, I like what you guys are doing. Like, let's let's keep this going, right? And I'm the vice president right now, and I try to do a lot of events where we're doing the intersectionality of like Latin Latino culture with Latinx, um, with a uh, different types of things, so like LGBTQ and like machismo ness, like anti blackness, which is like a thing within like the Latino community mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I, yeah, it's a very privileged position to be in that kind of pushing that and like highlighting issues that I've grown up with. And I feel like a lot of Latinos or minorities in general kind of grow up with as well.
1: Do you have a moment like being within that group that you're like really proud of? Is there like an event you put on or like helped that you just were like, wow, that was like great. That was a great moment.
2: Yeah, just recently. So like the primary just ended. So we supported a lot of local Sacramento uh, City Council members that were trying to run for City Council. And There was one moment where we supported the current uh, vice mayor, Eric Guerra for his re-election. And and a a bunch of local people that are, like, running, right? So, but this specific moment for me, it was kind of, like, kind of tearful. Because I was like, this is what we do this for. Like, we had, like, 30 people show up. And it's a phone bank. Like, you're literally calling people being like, hey, vote for this person, right? It's not the most glamorous thing. So, the people that show up there do have the heart for that. So, that felt good. But more specifically, like this candidate shows up with this kid and like he has him in his shoulders and it's, it's just felt like super, like nice to be like, this is, and he's a Latino guy. Right. Obviously like, and for me, it was just like, this all comes first circle. Like this is why we do this to elect people that are from the community, understand our issues and are going to go to those spaces where we're not normally, where we don't normally have a seat on the table and like advocate for us. Right. And so Phone banking for him and seeing there with this kid and just kind of seeing everyone being like, oh my God, like, it was kind of like a good kumbaya moment being like, this is why we do this. And of course we did like other not so glamorous thing, like literally go door to door knocking and being like, you should support this guy for these reasons as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of other moments, but that was like the main one that kind of stands out to me. Um, Also doing like, like I said, like Loteria and just get to know your, your, your uh, local electeds as well. Like that was pretty fun. Ashley wasn't that as well. Who are you voting for? Who am I voting for? That's a good question. I know question that's a personal
1: right. question. You can tell me to stuff it. Now, you it. asked
2: that there are things... There's no, no, no. There's, <laughs> no, this is good. No, uh, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders, y'all. Like, I I mean, my second candidate was, of course, Elizabeth Warren. I Fuck, think
1: yes, I'm so upset I, still. I'm I do sorry. feel like
2: they would have been a great ticket. I still right? feel like there's hope.
1: <gasps> that's what I want so bad. That's my dream.
2: Yes, I do, like... I, I mean, obviously, at this point... Anybody but Trump, right? Like, you know. But we're able to be a little bit picky. F- first of all, like, fuck Bloomberg. Like, let's oh, just yeah, put I mean, that out Bloomberg. there. You mean boomer?
0: That's the first time I've ever heard that. I love that. <laughs> I saw it on Facebook and I was like, I'm using this. Yes. They basically took like Bloomberg and lowercase certain le- letters in the word to spell boomer. Oh so wow!
2: Great. Okay, boomer um but i just think bernie sanders being how old he is he and he conceptualizes what us millennials and a lot of working class people just struggle through whether you're like white brown everything in between like i just feel like he gets it he's been consistent with what he's voting for his platform who he is as a person since the gecko mm-hmm. a lot of people like to trash him because he didn't have a party affiliation he was an independent but no
1: i love that about that, him. exactly
2: that's not bad at all y'all like I it's okay not to be part of a party like And I feel like a lot of people don't like that because it's like, well, then what are you? I don't know how to define you. It's like, it's okay, y'all. Like, awkwardness is okay. He also,
1: he was an independent and then he picked what was best for his community. Like, I would respect that more than being like, no, I'm going to go with like the party. It felt like he was always like, no, I'm going to do what's best for the people who are like counting on me to represent them. And that's why he was independent. Yeah, And so for me, I'm like, yeah, that's what I would want in a candidate.
2: And I feel like in the world of politics, it's so hard to stay genuine to yourself and who you are. Because I feel like he could have just been like, okay, cool, well, I guess I'm a Democrat, right? But he was like, no, I'm an independent because mm. I don't play this politics game. I'm here to serve the people, not a party, right? I probably shouldn't say that because I work for like the Democratic caucus of the <laughs> Senate, but all opinions are my own. Um, but <laughs> but I mean, it, it is true. So I feel like a lot of people do rile behind that. I mean, and if we're really going to talk about like his policies, like health fraud, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like he wants to really just make changes that are well overdue right yeah. and i do feel like elizabeth warren also what does have the same platform and I, I, I do feel like she would have done great things as well um i mean she created the consumer protection agency like to protect people from like poaching people like loans and like whatnot right so she cares i do feel like her record like i just don't like people who at some point were republicans <laughs> <laughs> and then you try to be a damn and i'm like uh not to say I don't like Republicans, but, you know... Mm-hmm. My girlfriend's stepdad is a Republican, and we are really good friends, oh. so... <laughs> so we're really good friends, just oh. putting that out there, oh. but... Um, Their
1: politics do just tend to be a little bit more, like, racist.
2: Yeah, ex- so. just, 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 just a smidge. Just a <laughs> But I just feel like Elizabeth Warren is in this fucked up situation where, like, she's now dropped out, and she has, like, an ultimatum, like, pick this moderate Biden, or pick this socialist, quote-unquote, like, socialist guy either way she's fucked right like she's like if you pick this moderate you're like why if you pick the socialist oh you pick the socialist so I think it's this very fucked up situation but it also begs the question like would she have gotten the same scrutiny if she was a male I don't know
1: Oh, I don't think so. I think that there Maybe was a lot of Maybe put you guys on the spotlight no, the again. <laughs> I think there's a lot of sexism in her cuz like her platform is very similar to Bernie's. Like yeah. there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Like they have different backgrounds like and mm-hmm. stuff and like but also like she is like also 70 years old. Like she's also like, you know, getting up there, but I still feel like their like philosophies are very similar they're like looking for the same thing like student yeah. loan forgiveness and like health care for all yeah. and like you know like free childcare for people like things that are like to help the working class yeah. and to help people like our age like not be under mountains of debt so we can like have a future to look forward to yeah. i feel like that general idea is something that bernie and elizabeth both want they yeah. want us to have a future and i think the fact that like she's a woman like played a lot i think that people are like not ready to like elect a woman and like i voted for hillary because i wasn't gonna vote for trump but i also thought she was like a really shitty choice like she was not (laughs) i wasn't crazy about her it was honestly the point where i was like well i don't fucking want trump but like i don't like hillary but Mm -hmm. like warren i felt like actually stood for something and like actually can talk about her stuff and actually like has like instead of just this like checkered past of like playing politician she actually has like thoughts and ideas and she can like stand up and talk about herself and talk about what she wants like what she needs to say of course and also she has a fucking cute ass dog that steals burritos tell
2: me you saw the video i I was gonna say that (laughs) and they're like trying to snatch the burrito away from him and he's like no i'm gonna swallow this burrito
1: (laughs) i thought of you when i saw that it was a golden stealing a burrito
2: (laughs) beautiful dog. i was like this is actually." what's her name her name is bailey right bailey
1: and there's like a video where it's like Bailey D, Massachusetts, like <laughs> Democrat, <laughs> and I was like, yes.
2: But <laughs> I don't think we never
1: knew we needed exactly. Of course,
2: but I don't think all is lost. I do feel like she's a very good candidate, so I would like to think whoever the the nominee is will like either bring her as a VP or something in cabinet.
1: I hope so. Which she I hope she needs to be so. somewhere. She needs
2: to be somewhere doing good shit, which she will be as a senator, but could be also as a cabinet, mm-hmm. right?
1: And I just feel like Biden is just like an empty bag, like he like he just feels like a cardboard prop that someone like put up at a podium.
0: Like a sock without a foot in it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Who said that in our podcast? I don't know, but I love that Netflix (laughs) show, movie, book, uh, lock
2: and key. The
1: little. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, I was like, where did I just hear that? I love that.
2: Um, yeah, and I mean, like, his record is just also very, like, dude, you voted for the Iraq War, like... He also
1: was against, um...
2: Roe Wade. He
1: He was was against gay marriage. Like,
2: uh, when Anita Hill was testifying against the Supreme Court Justice, like, he didn't let her talk much. It's just, like, all these baggage where it's just, like, y'all, like, you have... You had two candidates, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, that were, like, trying to break this, like, Mm -hmm. just... Pushes forward right and then it's like i mean not to say that if it's biden i mean of course i'm gonna pick biden i'm gonna right? pick like
1: anyone over trump yeah like, there's like literally nobody that i would not vote over trump yeah like
2: exactly and i just feel like biden is the status quo and i feel like i don't want to say we're at an extreme so we have to fight an extreme but it's just kind of like we've seen from the past that the status quo is just not it's just not goose Trump
1: was an extreme, and that, I think that's part of why he won, is he yeah. came in with these radical ideas, and people were like, oh, fuck, this guy isn't saying the same shit that every single candidate has been saying. Yeah. And I think that the DNC needs to realize that that's what Bernie's doing, too. Like, he's coming in, and he's not saying the same shit. Like, yeah. I feel like Biden and Hillary were in, like, the same category. Yeah. And now I feel like Warren and Bernie are in a very similar category. And yeah. it's like, yeah, like... Both of them, it's like a male and a female who are treated very differently in their respective areas, but yeah. also like, you know, Hillary and Biden were like are very like traditional. Like they're probably gonna like Biden's yeah. probably gonna get the like nomination. Like that's just like what life is, <laughs> um, which is so annoying. <laughs> but like, I just feel like the DNC needs to realize that like you have to take a risk. Like yeah, you kind of have to fight fire with fire. Yeah
2: and even if bernie and we're was ready for changes of course and even if bernie was to not win i do feel like he've said he's said sen- he shed light on something that i feel like it's just very important where like you could become a presidential nominee or try to run for president and not have to take like dirty money not have to take greedy money mm. you could literally take like 20 dollars donations from people like me people like me and my girlfriend i've donated two dollars and 75 cents to his campaign <laughs> like little small donations that people like us can make right we can't make a thousand dollars like i i i wasn't a big fan of andrew yang but some of the things that he would say i was like dude that's so real he was like i'm the last person of color left on this stage and it's not because of like He's just like, it's just because everybody here on the stage has followers that have dispensable income. Mm-hmm. People of color do not have dispensable income. And by that, I mean, you don't have money to be like, here's $100 to donate to this campaign. Like, no. $100 million. Yeah, like,
1: no, million yeah, like that
2: is grocery thing. money. That mm-hmm. is my bills. That is my Verizon bill. Like, yeah. these are bills that I need to pay or else I'm going to be under <laughs> under this whole thing. Right? Yeah. Like, So I do feel like he 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 shed light on something that a lot of people didn't think was possible so i do feel like even if bernie was to not win knocking on wood um he he's just saying that the status quo doesn't have to be that way so i think that's very important but i still hope he wins <laughs> me too
1: our editor also pointed out to me at our like launch party the other day he was talking about it and he was saying that like like bernie is the only person that doesn't like pander to people of color yeah he's not like out there like pandering to them and like speaking down to them yeah. he's just like <laughs> like fucking Klobuchar or whatever oh the fuck her name God. is my name is El- but yeah. in fourth grade Spanish I went by Elena <laughs> what she the, said that she said this
2: she said this in
1: Minnesota,
2: <laughs> this was said
1: it was at like a culinary <laughs> thing I don't know yeah, he's, yeah. What the
2: yeah. Fuck? he's not pandering he's just like look at my record he's look also like these for. are the
1: issues and these are how they affect you and yeah and that's yeah. like it and I think that that's like yeah. awesome
2: yeah exactly wow what this the fuck has was been that? a good conversation y'all no, i don't know those, those kids yeah
1: so my upstairs neighbor has five kids i have complained about them in every podcast so we're gonna pla- complain oh. about them again okay because one of them just i think like screamed or something
2: if you're gonna live in an apop- apartment complex do not have five kids and did not live on the top floor y'all this <laughs> is
1: why we need bernie elected <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 my upstairs <laughs>
1: Ricardo, do you want to touch on being a guinea pig dad <laughs> for <So> Ashley?
2: <laughs> I am a forced guinea pig dad, but now I am a loving guinea pig dad. Uh, me and my partner decided to get guinea pigs because we're just too busy to have a dog, apparently. Um, <laughs> so guinea, <laughs> so guinea, so guinea pigs have been the best That's option. <laughs> Um, It's been a good run with them. I like them. They're good pets. They are very like snobby, like pet me, don't pet me, pet me again, and just don't talk to me for like a week type of (laughs) animal. Um, But they're loving. They're great creatures. You open the fridge and start squealing like you're trying to kill them because they're hungry, but they're always hungry. So it's hard to gauge them. Um, But yeah, and they have an IG. So follow them at your fave guineas.
1: Ashley, do you have any
3: like comebacks? Like what's your statement? (laughs) I wish that the <laughs> listeners could have seen my face through the whole past one minute of this podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. We went to this pest store back in September, and to the mic. I saw these two little baby guineas, and I asked to hold them, and as soon as I started holding Little Gizmo, I looked at Ricky, and I was like, fuck, I'm just going to do it. And then I whipped out my college visa credit card and here we are six (laughs) months later um (laughs) but yeah guinea pigs are so hilarious and have such unique little personalities yeah like ricardo says like the minute i walk in i kind of have my same little spiel which is i'm like hi guinea guinea guineas and i say it in that weird high-pitched voice because i figured oh after a couple months they're gonna immediately recognize my voice um, which is they, which they do, which I, I also think they, they still they don't. don't. Yes, they do. Every time we leave, she's like, buy
2: guineas." I'm like, they literally don't even no, know you exist. No, he literally fam. will be
3: like, "I'm like, okay, buy guineas." I'm gonna go pick up daddy. Like when I go pick him up, and he's just like, "They don't even know who you fucking are." And I'm just like, "Dude, like you're so bitter."
2: However, though, I will be getting a pug soon. It's going to be a male, and his, his name will be, be Paco or Pablo, Pablo or Pablo. <laughs>
3: what the fuck?
2: It's Edit that out. <laughs> I <don't> um, cool. <laughs>
3: but yeah i don't know get guinea pigs they're super cute they're very easy to take care of if you don't want a cat or a dog but
2: uh commercial break y'all
3: yeah All all right let's
1: can we like slide back to talking about latinx so you are totally okay with like the term like you think it like does its purpose
2: yes um however i do feel like i mean if we're gonna get super academic uh there has been like contention now within like the academia that like Latin X technically is like whitewashing Latino culture because if you really think about it, like I speak Spanish, but X is it's English, like mm-hmm. X in Spanish is Equis, so like technically it should be Latin Equis, but that doesn't make sense, so we say Latin X. So a lot of people are like, I, a lot of people that are trying to be super like uh, academic are like, yo, this is actually not this is counterintuitive to what we're trying to do, right? Yeah, You're trying it's to, like
0: appropriating, it's kind of like just appropriating the word and the yeah, culture.
2: Exactly. So it, there is some contention there. I acknowledge it. I do feel like it just also just kind of depends how you identify. Right. Cause like I am Mexican, but I'm first generation. Like I wasn't born in Mexico. My parents were, they were born and raised there. They migrated here. And like, I've always been in this limbo where like, not American but I'm also not Mexican. But I go to Mexico and people think I'm American, but here in America people think I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that made sense, but for me it's like my life, right? No, I think that that makes sense. And so I, I do feel like that contention between like adding the X, I do feel like it kind of does whitewash it, but I feel like for a lot of us who identify as first generation Mexican Americans, I feel like that's just the way of our life, right? That's just how it is. You're it you are in this constant limbo but I do feel like it's the way you portray the Latinx, right? Like if you think that's whitewashing, then okay, cool, like change it. But for me, it's like, I, I like it because it's ever encompassing, right? It's not just gender, Latino, Latino, but like it encompasses everything that you may believe in. So like whether it be LGBTQ, the way you identify yourself, non-binary, et cetera. I do feel like Latinx has a home for you in my own opinion, but obviously it's up to the, it's up to the person saying it as well.
1: Can I ask some personal questions? Yeah. You're straight, right? Yes. So I'm a cisgendered male. Perfect. So straight cisgendered Clause male. Claus is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had is this training. is your first uh, straight guest? Cisgender male.
2: Cisgendered yes. male. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, straight
1: and cisgendered are two different things.
2: But I identify as cisgendered. Hello.
1: Okay. You're also straight. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, anyway, I think this is our first. Wait, is this
2: cisgendered being like meaning I'm like I was. Well,
3: that's what I thought.
1: No, cisgendered means you were born male and you identify as male. Okay,
2: yeah. T- trying to trip me up. Straight yes, is that's your what I am. Sexual orientation. Oh, Those are two different I things. guess I'm a cisgendered straight male. I'm, yeah. a, I'm
0: now y'all are. No, no, no. I think that you're confusing what these are.
2: <laughs> Klaus knows exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you. Personal identity
1: and gender correspond with their birth sex. So cisgender, I am a cisgender woman. I was born female. Yes you would.
2: Oh, because it's Because if I
1: was a lesbian, I can be a cisgendered lesbian.
2: That's true. Oh, you're right. That is true. No, that is true. (laughs) The excuse. It's all good. As long as we're (laughs) all getting educated.
1: Yes. So cisgendered means you identify as what you were born as with your gender. Here, wait, let's straight see
0: commonly asked question.
1: Straight, on the other hand, is used to describe sexual orientation. Mm. Being cisgender isn't the same as being straight. You can be both.
2: Yes. You could be both.
1: Me and Ricky are both.
2: I'm both. I'm a cisgendered straight male. Beautiful. For you now. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> who now. knows where we'll be in 10 years cause when the like next census comes out i got you <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i don't know how to do this without sounding vaguely racist so i just apologize no. so coming from a mexican family did you you seem like hella woke okay. like was that like is your family hella woke like was that just something that like
0: you come from an educated background
1: that's not what i'm trying to ask it's different than being educated no we're being
2: candid it's, just it's ed- like i don't know like yeah. i came
1: from like middle class white family which can yeah. be very racist but i also yeah. came from like hippies
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: hippies so, like
1: there was a lot more talk about like what was like you know being kind and like yeah you know like civil disobedience is like a part of your life and so i'm just i'm always curious when people from like like, my upbringing no
0: i'm saying no yeah i'm just i'm always curious (laughs) about
1: yeah i'm always curious about how people from like different walks of life can get to like a level of wokeness yeah exactly
2: different people i mean you just get woke in different ways i think for myself I think it's just my own lived experiences. So I'm from San Bernardino, which is like not the greatest of areas from Ew. California. It is like the hood.
1: I lived in Fontana for three years. I,
2: I know. Do you know China. what's up? <laughs> which is like kind of fucked up because in like my career, people have always told me, "Oh, well, you don't seem like you're from the hood." I'm like, "Do you want me to bring out like, the, like do want, like should I tattoo some tattoos? <laughs> like yeah like the like what's like so like bring
1: out that cholo
2: culture? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just bring out like my bandana real quick. <laughs> So I do feel like that had a lot of, like, at first I was like, damn, we're just poor. But going to college, understanding that, like, it's not just San Bernardino, it's also Oakland, it's also Flint, Michigan, it's also, like, you know, it's, I think it's very compounded in that it's just not just San Bernardino. So I feel like going to college, I learned a lot, like, oh, it's not just peculiar to me, like, there is systemic racism, like there has been a thing called like redlining red zoning where like people would be like oh this area is red because there's a lot of minorities there which means that like it's less prone to be a good area which like it's harder to get mortgages it's harder to get like business
1: permits it's harder to like build resources yeah
2: so then there's less taxes on there coming out and which basically means the schools don't get enough funding which and you know so a lot of people are like what is systemic racism that is systemic racism and i think there was a Sackby article that I saw where like s- Sacramento was a perfect example of like areas that are now s- now super like underdeveloped or because of red zoning and redlining so that was just interesting because I didn't know about this till like three years ago
0: oh I was saying South Sacramento versus Elk Grove
2: yeah and so you know so that's one thing I, I think for me it's just like learning about my parents trajectory like my mom crossed the border obviously legally in the trunk of a car right and then ended up getting her citizenship through like uh reagan and so she loved reagan but i'm like reagan's like this republican guy mom like he also <laughs> fucked up latin america like, it's like
1: he wasn't great he wasn't
2: <laughs> great but he gave you his citizenship so i'm like okay cool meanwhile my dad like crossed the border like literally hopping the fence and like back then like there wasn't a fence to hop like he said there was like this little film that he cut and just went in and so i feel like hearing that understanding that um understanding the poverty where you're from, how you're growing up, lived experiences, whether it be like trauma or just seeing stuff in your own hood. Um, for me, I was like, I need to leave San Bernardino to understand other ways people live and just kind of get away from it. So I went to UC Santa Cruz. And I think for me, Santa Cruz was very like an open space for you to learn and like be creative and explore like your sexuality, your like different ways of thinking. Like I remember our college, uh, Campus specifically where we sit in our dorms, we first learned about our curriculum was called Self and Society. So, first, you learned about yourself. So, we learned about uh, Christianity. Right. So, we were reading the Bible not as the Bible, but as a book. So, they were like, highlight it, annotate it. Like, this is a book, it's not a Bible, right? So, like, okay, that's interesting to understand. Then, we learned about the Quran and like, we learned about just different religions, Buddhism, everything. And it was funny because I feel like a lot of people are like, I'm a Buddhist now, like, everybody adopted <laughs> a new religion. But then you understand that, obviously, you write your papers, go through all that bullshit. But then you also go to the second phase, which is called society. So now you learned about self, now you learn about society. So you start learning about MLK, Malcolm X, and how these people reflected on their selves and their own, like, trauma, their own lived experience, and try to ref- uh, make their society a better place. And I think, for me, that was very uh, integral to who I am now, because I was able to, like, Learn from the hood. Go to this privileged ass area, Sac- Santa Cruz, which, by the way, is super liberal, but is hella fucking racist. Yeah, like yeah. ignorant as motherfucking people. I don't even know if I'm allowed to cuss in this podcast. Y'all we can edit that have been out. cussing this whole okay, time. Okay, cool. Cause like
1: we're marked explicit. You're set. You're good.
2: Okay, cool. Like it's just you know so. I think understanding that and just reflecting myself, I think made me a level of wokeness. I do feel like also my parents being Latinos, there is like some racism in Latino culture. Like if I was to bring home a black woman, my parents would flip and I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not trying to justify anything, right? But that's just like the ingrained notion that Latinos have. And And I don't blame my parents now they're a lot better i feel like they themselves are woke because they've had to go through stuff like my sister coming out right they were like oh we fucked up how do we fix you and my sister's like there's no fixing like this is who i am so i feel like living through that myself um i think it's just like it makes you become a level of wokeness where it's like oh if i have a child like i don't even think i'm gonna give them a gym like you choose do what you want Mm -hmm. and if they do end up coming out again be like great like It's not an awkward talk we need to have. It's just who you are, right? And so
1: I've talked about that before—that like I'm never having children, but that if I did, I'd want them to feel like they wouldn't have to come out to me. Yeah, that they could just be like, I want to wear a dress today, or I want to like get my ears pierced, or I want to go play sports, or I want to do whatever. Yeah, and I would just be like, great. And then if they brought somebody home, it'd be like, let me meet this person Mm -hmm. and let me like see if this person is a good fit for you, not because of who they are, but as like an individual. Yeah, and I think that that's so crucial. Yeah, but also like. On the flip side, like, I am the white girl that my Mexican husband brought to his first generation family. Okay. Like, yeah. I've How seen was that. that.
2: <laughs> How was that? Though, it right? was not like, great. Because <laughs> there's one thing for me to say, and you'd be like, no, i seen it. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I'm still convinced his grandmother, like, doesn't know my name.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um,
1: like, there was also a time where she definitely kind of was, like, calling me some derogatory words in Spanish. They, yeah. And mm-hmm. so... <laughs> I feel comfortable cussing in English. I don't know why I feel uncomfortable cussing in Spanish. Say it. (laughs) She was calling me puta huera. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Daniel was like, no, like, (laughs) no. I'm
2: going to correct that right now. (laughs) And,
1: um, And he was like, and he just, like, didn't speak to her for, like, six months. Oh, wow. And then finally he, like, called her up, and she was, like, crying. She was like, I miss you, like, and stuff. And, um he was like well you have to understand she was also trying to get him to like go to this like church fair at her catholic church to go meet a good mexican girl and i was like sitting right there i just don't speak spanish like i wasn't aware of what she was saying yeah but i'm like i'm not fucking dumb i can tell when you're talking shit like and um he was just like no like if i'm gonna come around you have to respect me and you have to respect my like my life partner yeah and just kind of like laying down the law and like now her and i are like much more chill like we've like bonded over a lot of other things and like we try to talk to each other like there's still like language issues but like we can usually get our point across like when we both like can just like sit down she gave me a lot of advice about like dealing with my mother-in-law and like that's cool yeah so it's like you know you just have to like push past that and like you have Mm to i also and it was also interesting because like Daniel brought me to meet his family the same time his brother came out.
2: Oh, wow. So. It was already kind of tumultuous there, anyway. It was like almost
1: like his grandparents on that side were almost like relieved that daniel was bringing home a girl and so they like overlooked my like whiteness Mm. because i was like because they're like oh thank god he's like heterosexual
2: yeah um like she's white but okay cool yeah it could be worse it could be a guy it's like
1: it could be a white man like so (laughs) they were like they were so like they seemed so relieved so like when i first met his grandmother and like the rest of his family they were like much more like accepting of me and like willing to talk to me and like stuff like that and then like as time went on they became much less accepting and much less like like none of them came to the wedding
2: oh wow like
1: the only people that came to our wedding on his side of the family was his mom his dad and one of his brothers
2: what no way yeah
1: and so it was just like it's just like being like people that we thought were there and people that we thought were like his family members who like love and supported us it was like oh now that like you know yeah yeah It's, like, kind of, like, shit hits the fan kind of thing. Yeah. So, but there was also, like, so much you got to see, like, the different points of view. Because, like, his mom's side, when his brother came out, his grandmother on that side, like, started crying. And she was, like, oh, I'm so scared that he's going to go to hell. Oh, wow. And it was just, like, she was just, like, scared for her grandchild. Yeah. And then, like, but his, like, grandmother on his dad's side is, like, that's disgusting. That's not okay. And, like, using, like, foul language about Mm -hmm. it. But also... From my understanding, there isn't, like, a Spanish word for gay that isn't...
2: Gay. Derogatory. <laughs> and isn't derogatory. Yeah. yeah.
1: Besides just saying, like, homosexual. But she was, like, talking about, like, no, that's gross. It's dirty. Yeah. And Daniel was, like, no, love is beautiful. Yeah. Like, and just having to say that, like, over and over with her. And so yeah. it was, like, it was, like, that's... You could see the culture. Like, you yeah. could see the Catholicism. And you could see, like, that fear of, like homosexuality but it was like from two very different places like yeah. one was from like a place of love of like i'm just scared for my grandson and i love him so much and mm-hmm. i don't want anything bad to happen and one was like oh no that's just gross yeah so interesting. I don't know. it's like i think a lot of it is like the people yeah like the individual and i'm like not anything even, yeah i'm
2: not even trying to like defend it but a lot of this is like ramifications of colonialism y'all. oh no like, yes
1: it is when you
2: learn about native american culture being gay wasn't a thing that like people were like oh you're gay like i forget the actual word for native americans that they use for people that like and it's not even gay like there's two spirits it's like people who
1: are trans and stuff so like and they'll
2: let them dress however they wanted and they mm -hmm. were they were like okay cool like now you're gonna like they
1: could even be revered as shamans
2: yeah like and they were actually considered like spiritual powerful people Mm -hmm. and i feel like once these like colonialist people whether they be like from Europe or Spanish or whatever came it's like oh no wait like it's male female nothing in between and if you are like you're gonna die or like whatever right yeah. and I do feel like even like just pushing that a bit further like even with like racism and and racial tensions between like latinos i do feel like that is ramification of colonialism as well because it's like once the spanish came it's like okay cool caste system like you're indigenous you're here we're white you're here or y'all mixed you're kind of in between you're not too good but like you're still going to hell type Mm -hmm. of thing right so i'm not trying to defend it but i do feel like there was never like a unlearning of that it was just kind of like a um, cool we're modernized now but like there was we never addressed that right there like, also
1: was a huge parts of colonialism where it was like you assimilate or you die exactly like no. so it was like you yeah. didn't have a choice it was like you become Catholic or you or die or you
2: die or we'll torture you until you die yeah <laughs> like, it's like like
1: like, it was like it wasn't there was a choice in the matter
2: yeah exactly damn <gasps> that was jam packed
1: <laughs> we covered all yeah the but shit. I, I do
2: feel like in in with my own parents like i do feel like they've had to be put in situations they were very like uneasy with to be able to be at the level of wokeness that they are now like they accept my sister now but like even with her girlfriends they're like oh yeah that's just a friend they don't say like that's her girlfriend and so like there's still like that little levelness but for them to go from like how do we fuck up like you're going to hell type of thing to then now being like oh we accept you now like this is your friend whatever right but there's still a little moments where I catch my dad, like, saying stuff and I have to be like, yo, right? But I do just feel like it's, like, just the first generation of, like, struggle, right? Like, mm-hmm. they see my girlfriend with tattoos and they're like, oh, she has tattoos. She's crazy. <laughs> and for them, it's, like, super taboo. But, like, even my parents, I mean, they come from, like, a really, really small rural ranch in Mexico. Like, my dad was herding sheep, right? Right so i'm not trying to justify my it either
1: husband's family the size of, is much less accepting they literally came from yeah a yeah. like ranch in mexico yeah, and, and not like to super small town yeah and
2: not to justify it but it's just like that's all they known mm-hmm. so for them to come here is like you have tattoos like you're crazy you know what i mean so yeah that's that's wild and like, my, my partner has been to rural mexico like it's fucking rural <laughs> like
1: We've, like, talked about going, and I'm, like, neither of us feel comfortable, like, traveling to Mexico yeah. as an interracial couple. Yeah. We're, like, we don't know how safe that would be, and so we're just not going to do It's not it. too
2: bad. I mean, when my, me and my partner, my partner's Latina, but she does look like a white girl. And so there's moments where, like, they're, like, oh, you're with this white girl, and then she speaks Spanish. They're, like, oh, shit. Like, but even myself, y'all, like, people don't, I mean, a lot of people in college thought I was, like, Filipino mixed with white. <laughs> oh, shit. i shit you not people I,
1: think daniel is um arabic oh wow
2: yeah, or armenian or
1: something. yeah they think he's armenian yeah <laughs> no I don't know. Okay. okay. no no, like they do no, like it's, yeah. his, it's his eyebrows i swear
2: interesting yeah mm-hmm. and i'd be like my name's ricardo and they're like oh and i'm like ricardo and they're like oh yeah you're filipino for sure and i was like <laughs> okay um I, I don't even know why i brought that up i was segwaying into something
1: that was, no it's good mm-hmm
2: oh yeah There's a lot like of people don't. N- they don't even think i'm like mexican and like even in the mm-hmm. capital like people talk spanish in the hallways and i pass by and i'm like oh buenos dias <laughs> and they're like oh my god you speak spanish as in like you overheard our conversation and i'm like yeah I'm dude shit in the yeah <laughs> <laughs> psa don't talk shit in the hallways because we could hear you in any language <laughs> yeah so yeah so like when we went to Mexico, there was people judging like that. But then uh, I talk Spanish, so I'm like, oh shit. She talks Spanish, and I'm like, oh wow. Oh, I feel like wow. Daniel and I
1: are like very clearly an interracial couple. Mm. Like you look at us and you're like, oh yeah, they're interracial. Like yeah, they're like that is a white girl and a brown. Like boy. they
2: look like they have a dog and a cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, two cats. For us, <laughs> like they look like they got two guinea pigs. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I feel like we touched upon everything in my life. <laughs> Except for one last thing. Ooh. Ooh. Well,
1: Klaus hasn't are cried we? yet, so. Oh.
0: I have cried, actually, oh, several did times. You really? okay. There was I I was cried wiping every I was like, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, silently saw that, like, <laughs> this weirdest shit. <laughs> guinea pigs. Uh. Guinea pigs! <laughs> 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 um, are we ready to wrap up for, like, the beard question? Well,
1: let's. Is there anything else you want to add? Like is there anything you wanted to like touch on more? I think
2: we touched about almost everything, y'all. Participate. It's fucking boring and it sucks and it sucks to vote and like sometimes you don't even reap the benefits and you don't even see it, but that's what they want us to think, right? Like just vote. It takes like 10 minutes. Just do you like submit the survey for the census as well. It only happens once 10 years. Like it takes less than 15 minutes to do. Um Yeah, participating is not as hard as people think it is. There are limits. There are boundaries as well. We have to acknowledge that. But it all starts with you just getting out to do that.
1: You can also vote by mail. You You don't have to go wait in a line anywhere. I don't wait in line to vote. I do it by mail.
2: Especially with this virus going around, you kind of want to avoid going out in public (laughs) like that. So do it by mail and the census as well. So Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, If you guys want to learn about getting involved with like Latinx Young Dems, um please shoot me a private message uh somehow it will come out in here i don't know how say but say it right now say it right now oh say it right now as <laughs> in oh my, my email's too long to say yeah, uh, like
0: if you want to um at yourself for instagram oh yeah totally do that now. follow I'll my
2: handle it cool. cool it's yeah. at ricky's california just ca so ricky's ca dm me for any questions you have about the census Working at the legislature, working for the state senate, um, working on campaigns, um, getting local progressives elected, or just anything that has to do with Latino or not Latino, I'm down to talk. Or guinea pigs. You can also message
1: us and we'll make sure those messages get to Ricky.
0: Yay. Yes. So, the greatest question of all.
1: The most important question. I hope you're ready. Okay.
0: Yes. The most important question. Who or what was your beard? Who or what was... Do you need us to go over what your beard is? Yeah. Okay, so on this podcast, we changed the definition, well, broadened the definition of what a traditional beard is. So a traditional beard would be like a gay guy dating a woman as a cover-up, right? She's your beard. So we broadened the definition of a beard to something or someone who helped you become comfortable with your authentic self.
2: Dude, oh my God. It's... uh I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people, but I do feel like freaking Giovanni, man. So in college, I've had, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people that I could talk, like mentors, whatnot. But I do feel like one of my friends, uh, Giovanni Espinosa, he is one of the most flamboyant gays you will ever meet. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, though. And I, I, I really looked up to his authenticity because he was that flamboyant gay guy wearing heels and, like, a skirt to, like, a frat party, and, yes. <laughs> and like, I just really vibed with him because I just, I vibed with that, like, you didn't give a fuck about people looking at you wrong, like, he just didn't care, and I feel like I really looked up to that because, not that I wish I was that untected, but it was just more of, like, wow, like, if I was to not be a cisgendered straight male, I don't think I would have the courage to do that, honestly, like, and... I do feel like hanging out with my friend Giovanni whose handle is at Party Geo. (laughs) Um, I I do feel like it it was just more of like, wow, dude, like this is how I I, I do feel like I do wish most gay people were. But unfortunately, the society that we live in doesn't um, kind of like promote that, right? And I think for him to do that, he also rushed my same fraternity. So we were both like really good friends. And there's a point where like people thought that like we had a thing, which we never did. But like, I don't know. It made me feel authentic because I was like, I mean, like, and what if we did? I don't feel threatened, like, you know what I mean? Um, we never did. And my partner's looking at me like, huh? <laughs> but it was just one of those like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> but, but <you> like, <laughs> like we, yeah, but didn't
1: threaten your machismo. Exactly. You to be
2: like, nah. Yeah, and he was also from a first-generation Mexican family, so I do feel like he faced the burden of being like, I'm gay. This is what it means. This is what it means for us, which is unfortunate. The conversation a lot of people need to have, but he has a really good relationship with his parents. His parents also love me and I just feel like he kind of showed me what authenticity really looks like and now he's slaying it in New York. He's like this dope-ass teacher that like is super sassy with his kids but like make sure uh, they get educated and he still be rocking heels to class. Yes. And so shit like that where I'm just like yeah and walks down the hallway with heels and he's like I always get asked by these little kids like why are you wearing heels and he's always educating them and I feel like younger generations need to be taught about the youth like in general it just need to be taught about sexuality. Like let's talk about yeah like teach teach me sexual ed teaching about my genitalia but like talk to me about sexual expression like self-expression like how it's okay to like other people that are your opposite that sex or same sex spectrum. yeah like you know teaches that because then i feel like people in middle school or like there'll just be less people that are like depressed suicidal that are just like running away from home that are like, turning into drugs i do feel like there was an open door like for that The youth would be in a better much better place like i mean can't we all agree like i feel like if i was educated on that i would be like okay no like i am straight but my friend who's into this guy that's okay right Mm -hmm. and so i think giovanni's just helped me kind of like be able to also be authentic in my own way as well. So, shout out to you, Gio. I can't believe I would shout you out on my podcast. Well, <laughs> this podcast, but here we are. Are we sure
1: that he's okay being shouted out? <laughs> oh,
2: oh Russ.
3: <laughs> like he'll want
0: to be on the
2: podcast <laughs> <laughs> Russ. Me. Like he's out. like, hold up, bitch. And they interviewed you. <laughs> 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 <will say> that. <laughs> That's actually, I love that. I love that. Who is your beard? But I like the definition of that.
0: Huh. Thinks we came up with it all on our own all I by could ourselves.
1: tell
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
1: all right beautiful Thank you Ricky and we're done would you like to be our next guest email us at be at gmail.com
0: give us a follow on Facebook Instagram or YouTube and let us know what you'd like to hear
1: support us on patreon at patreon.com slash
0: be podcast theme by the marvelous Wayne Jetski. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Miles Mitchell, our lovely editor. We are forever grateful to Enzo Arona for being our studio director. All rights reserved. We would like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on this journey.
1: Follow
3: your heart and be the
0: best you can be.